I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. This episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast is sponsored by Rainbow Crescent. Rainbow Crescent is an online shop specialising in uplifting products with the aim of putting a smile on people's faces. Check it out at www.rainbowcrescent.ie. Before we get stuck into this week's episode, I am absolutely delighted to announce that there will be a live recording of the Mind Your Mind podcast on Thursday, October 5th at 7pm in Middleton Park Hotel. On the evening, I will be joined by a fantastic panel of guests, including health psychologist Aideen Stack, teacher, author and founder of the Hope to Cope charity, Catherine Dolphin Griffin, and registered intellectual disability nurse and CBT psychotherapist, Emily Murphy. Tickets are on sale now over on www.rainbowcrescent.ie and I can't wait to see you there. On this week's episode, I am joined by Louise Lynch. Louise is a mindfulness and positive psychology coach and is currently undergoing training in breathwork facilitation and creative mindfulness for kids. During our chat, we discussed all things mindfulness and how it has impacted Louise's own life. We also discuss how important it is to look after ourselves and the impact that has on our emotional and physical well-being. Louise, you are so welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thank you very much, Sandra. Thanks a million for having me. You're so welcome. Um, So for any of our listeners who are tuning in and don't know about you, could you give us an insight into who you are and what you're all about? Okay, so um, as you said, my name's Louise. I'm a mindfulness and positive psychology coach. I'm in the process of training to be a breathwork coach as well. And I am also studying uh, with creative mindfulness. They are basically, I wanted to delve more into mindfulness for kids um, and kind of look at it and start from the ground up and maybe start teaching kids as well as adults. Um, being a mom of three, um, various different ages. Um, I have a six-year-old, a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. So I'm kind of coming into the pre-teens and, you know, and seeing how the moods are starting to change. So that's kind of something that's really close to my heart with the kids. And, and I'm a strong believer of pretend, uh, you know, preventative methods, mm-hmm. you know, like giving them tools that they have for, because life is, is, is stressful and giving them tools to prevent them getting to a level of stress that I've been in. I'm sure you've been, you know, you've been in, you know, as an adult, life is stressful, things get thrown at us. So it's kind of given them, hopefully I'll be able to give a lot to my own kids. I'm already doing a lot of work kind of in the background, but then, then be able to maybe do little workshops and stuff for families and kids and, you know, teaching parents maybe how to help their kids and themselves deal with stress and anxiety and in life. But um, I suppose in a previous life, I would have worked in corporates for 20 years, uh, a bit like yourself. And I worked in finance um, and then I got made redundant in 2019. And um, I thought, great, um, best, best. Of, do you know what? I'm going to take a bit of time out the three kids. I'm going to because like I always associated my stress levels and my anxiety and why I get burnt out was always down to working full time with three kids, you know, and that would, all, you know, it's hard and trying to juggle everything. And that, mm-hmm. and that's what I would always just said. So took the time out completely naive, kind of forgot how, you know, towards the end of your maternity, you're like, I need to get back to work. I'm stuck in that. You know, <laughs> I kind of nearly had forgot all that, but I, I was still stressed out. You know, I was still feeling um, overwhelmed all the time. 
constantly just feeling like I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't enough. Um, why am I feeling like this? Um, now, I would have all through the years dipped in, in and out of uh, mindfulness uh, with meditation and um, yoga. I would have been, I'd still be big into yoga. Um, but always when, you know, it was, oh my God, I'm getting burnt out. There's something going on and I go back to it. So when I, I decided then like that, a bit of a, when I was feeling really stressed out, crisis kind of <laughs> burnout, stress, whatever, um, I did an MBSR course, which is mindfulness based stress reduction course. So I decided to do that to see if that would help me. Um, and it did, and it had massive best benefits in and how I looked at um, the way I taught, how, um, how meditation like kind of teaches you to become aware of your thoughts and connect with your thoughts. Um, again, the, the mind and body connection, I'm a big believer on recognizing the signs in your body that are telling in your head to stop. You know, sometimes we're so up here, we're not even realizing what's going on down in our body. Mm -hmm. That's telling us, it's you know, the mind and body connection is like shouting at us, you know, you need to stop. We're just so up here in our heads that we, for, you know, we for kind of, we don't even notice it's happening until, mm -hmm. you know, we either get sick or, you know, something happens due to stress and burnout. Um, and also the mindfulness based stress reduction kind of pushed me to finally get counseling. Mm -hmm. You know, it was kind of, I did, I went to it for probably to, to relieve my stress and thing, but it kind of made me realize that there's a bit, there's a lot more deeper going on in there that than just everyday stresses. Mm -hmm. So I went to, you know, that gave me the kind of push to go and seek counseling which I did and I got a, a lovely counselor and I talked about stuff that had went on um and you know and dealt with a lot of stuff um that went on so that was a really good thing and then kind of I was feeling good I was kind of meditating again no I wouldn't have been a, a regular me meditator but then I kind of got offered a part-time job mm -hmm. and I thought okay this is going to be great best of both worlds I can be at home with the kids. I kind of was doing it in their hours, school hours, or and and then I, I but I can also um you know have a bit of my own independence. Went mm -hmm. back and realized realized this wasn't for me. Um I could feel the old habits seeping in of you know trying to be worrying about what was I good enough? Was you know, I I, I would have had an awful lot of self-doubt worrying was I good enough? Was I um am I good enough with my job? And it was just everything just started to kind of I was going back to logging on when I got home. There was all these things I promised I'd never do if I went back to work. Mm -hmm. Then I, what happened then was they wanted me to go full-time. It was a startup and I would have been one of the first employees in that. And then it was like, right, I was turned, just turned 40. And I went, right, is this, is this the job I want for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. Is this where I want to go with, um, you know, like, this kind of constant uh, working for other people. I don't, or I was like, I, you know, I've worked as a waitress and I've been happier. So do I really want to work? So it was a big step and it took a lot of kind of saying, you know, talking to myself and going, yeah, no. I So I refused the full-time role and decided this is it. Cause I'd always been looking up mindfulness teaching courses and uh, you know, meditation courses, everything like that. But then I thought, you know, this is it. We, we were in a good place financially, you know, as a family. And I thought this is the perfect time I'd had. I had my redundancy package, you know, and I said, you know what? 
I'm going to invest in myself because you never regret investing in yourself. And it was a line, actually, my yoga teacher said to me, because when I was talking to her about doing it, she's like, Louise, you will never regret investing in yourself. Even if this doesn't become a lifetime role, she goes, you'll get so much from it. And I went, yeah, do you know what? And I went home that day and I signed up for it. And so, yeah, I joined with the Irish Mindfulness Academy and I studied mindfulness and positive psychology and I qualified in, God, was it last? Geez, yeah, a year ago. So then in June and then I started the doing my own mindfulness courses, teaching my own mindfulness courses last September. So that's pretty much kind of my background and how I got to where I am and to become a mindfulness teacher and everything. It was kind of through my own road of like kind of anxiety, I suppose, and mm -hmm. stuff and dealing with that but uh yeah so yeah. <laughs> a long-winded way <laughs> <laughs> not at all um I suppose you touched on your own journey there um as to how, why you look after your own mental well-being and and how you went about that and I suppose you're also helping other people to look after their mental well-being through the courses that you do I know that you have a, a self-care and self-compassion workshop coming up that's sold out well done yes. um, <laughs> so um I suppose why is that important to you to help other people with their own mental well-being journey I suppose for me it's down to um it's funny I didn't realize I suffered from anxiety I would have thought I was a very stressed out person I, I was always in my head going over conversations I knew I had that and, and mindfulness kind of pointed that out to me and how I taught and how I constantly dwelled and previous conversations I went over them again and then I'd flip to what if I had that conversation again how would I have went out about did I upset someone did, you know constantly this inner dialogue constantly mm -hmm. in there um and then all, all of a sudden I um stopped feeling grinding my teeth all of a sudden I stopped having pangs in my chest all of a sudden I stopped having a sick feeling in my stomach mm. and it was like oh my god it, I, this was at the stage now when I was meditating every day you know when I started studying and everything I made a point of if I'm going to end up teaching this I want to practice what I preach you know mm -hmm. I don't you know um and I was like oh I honestly didn't realize I had anxiety until I stopped getting anxiety because I thought it was normal because I had it I realize now I've had it since I was really really young Mm -hmm. but I just thought that's the it, it's not even that I thought it was I just thought that's the way people feel when they get but it wasn't even I always just had pangs and I didn't know what was what it was but there was obviously something triggering those pangs that I didn't know what it was about so um just as my journey through studying was like oh it's down to a lot of the way I think I you know and then you know how my I had so much self-doubt in myself I such a negative I would never classify myself as a negative person, but you know, there's um we have a you know an inbuilt negative bias that mm -hmm. comes from the caveman times. You know, when you'd walk out, you'd go, okay, the, out of the cave when they'd walk out of the cave, to go, do I fight this or do I run from this? So the minute you walk out of, they were walking out of the caves, their brains were scanning for danger. Mm -hmm. yeah. The minute they were outside their home, they were scanning for danger. So our the minute we walk into a room, we don't even know our brain is set to just scan for danger. So that's but obviously life has evolved, everything like that, but we still naturally scan for danger. And it, it's a good thing because it stops us from walking across the road and getting killed. Mm -hmm. But it's when our mind is constantly absorbed by negative thoughts and critical thoughts. And, um, you know, I know I know some of the people have touched on it, like we 60,000 thoughts a day thing, but it's 
if those it's those 60,000 thoughts, if they're constantly negative, then they turn to the belief, they turn to an emotion, they turn to a feeling. So that's when you get the feelings within your body of maybe anxiety and, you know, and that's when they, they crop up. So I suppose when I finally recognized all that, it was like, oh my God, I need people to know this. I know that I need people to know that, it, you know, it's normal that their, their mind is veers to the negative, but it's also, it's all learned behavior through, you know, pre the past and the way we've done things or what we've learned from our parents or, you know, you hear people saying, I'm a natural, um, I, I, I'm a worry, a natural born worrier. You're not born as a newborn baby word. It's, you learn it. But then I learned so much about the unhelpful thinking styles and then how they're all learned behaviors, but they also can be unlearned. So just being able to, that's probably why the, the reason I wanted to just let people know that we can actually change the way we think and make it more positive and, we can lead a more mindful positive life and change those patterns it takes work but it but if if it's up to us to do it and it's just knowing that we have the power to do it i suppose so that would be probably why i, I really kind of want to help people recognize why self-care is so important and looking after our minds and looking after our bodies and just making sure uh, you don't get to the state of burnout and recognizing it before we get there fantastic and I suppose for anyone who is wondering about how you get into this or, you know, what to expect when you go to a mindfulness session or to, you know, one of your self-care and self-compassion sessions or something like that. Could you give us an, just a brief introduction into what people can expect when they come for the first time? Yeah. And I think a lot of people panic because they think, oh, I'm going to be in a room, you know, and I'm going to have to open up and talk about my feelings. You know, mindfulness isn't about isn't about that. It's about learning how our mind works and connecting with ourselves rather than other people and looking inwards rather than looking outwards. And, you know, when usually when I, for my courses, I'd usually invite people in to just they don't have to induce themselves. I'd often say maybe go into groups and um, talk to the other person and have introduced the other person because often it's easier but also, no, you know, you know, so many people are like, I don't want to talk now. I don't want to take part. You know, it's just you don't have to. You can mindfully listen and just hear everyone go. But you always see people throughout the thing. They get more confident in that because you'll have the person that is a talker that will share their experience. And sometimes just hearing that somebody else feels the way you do or thinks the way you do is so comforting because we're so caught up in what other people think about us. And but the other person's also so caught up in what other people think about them. So just even realizing that it's like, oh, you know, they're not even looking at what color socks I'm wearing today. Did it go with my outfit? Does these pants? They're not because they're so busy worrying about are you looking at them? How they look, you know, when it's just um, letting, you know, having people come and just realize that we're all here for the same reason, just to feel better about ourselves. and. Um, I don't, there's always a meditation as well. Every, you know, in my courses every week, I give out a meditation in my workshops. I'll always do a couple of meditations during it. And that's just to see what meditations are like. And a lot of people think, oh my God, meditation. I can't do it. I, um, you know, they associate meditation with sitting cross-legged, you know, and, and listening to this music and being all Zen and having no thoughts whatsoever. But meditation is about actually watching your thoughts and catching them and saying, oh yeah, 
my mind's gone off there and now to my to-do list and what I have to do, I have to do the washing, I have to do that. Oh yeah, I need to go back to my breath. Mm-hmm. And then two seconds, three seconds later, you're gone off to thinking, oh, I must, I never replied to that message. I must go back to my breath. What you're doing, it, it, when you start meditating, it's such a good thing for you to think your mind straight because it teaches you then how to bring it back to the present moment. And that's what all it is, is about being present and not getting broiled up in our thoughts. And then when you are going down that negative spiral of thinking, you've, you, you, you've, you've taught yourself through meditation how to, how to kind of go, oh, that's just a thought now. That's me going off now into that conversation I had yesterday. It's over with. Um, a few deep breaths and bring it back. And then, so, yeah, I know I'm probably going off into <laughs> to one now, but it's just, I suppose, you know, people are kind of think of, you know, mindfulness courses of med, all this sitting around, kumbaya or whatever. It's not, it's, it is talking about our feelings and how that, but connecting with our, our, how we think and what, you know, and, yeah, as well. <laughs> I know I've probably gone off on one there again, but um, yeah, <laughs> not at all. No, yeah, I think it gives a really good insight into what it is all about because I suppose there is this preconceived notion of you know the cross-legged, you know, um, mm. <laughs> you know, all sitting, you know, maybe holding hands or with their their hands up in the air, and you know, all this sort of stuff. And I suppose it's to normalize that actually it's not like that it's it's actually a very safe environment that you can come you can share but you don't have to um so like you know i suppose that's really good to get that insight because i do think that people have a preconceived notion of mindfulness as being something that it isn't really yeah it's a woo woo a lot of people think yeah have you found that actually since you became a mindfulness practitioner have you found that there is that sort of i suppose area where you have to explain it a bit more when you say that you know this is what i do yeah i definitely found people think it is and they think it's something that they have to sit down for like 20 30 minutes maybe an hour some people think that you have to sit down every day but i suppose mindfulness is about being present in every day situations like um having your cup of coffee in the morning being mindful about it so using your five senses i i would every week ask you know give a different short meditation practice that you can bring in so that they can practice during that week so always the first one i give is because i know some people are find the breathing tough you know and and i i know you've spoke yourself before about you know suffering from panic attacks i've had clients that have come in and said um I find the breathing really tough because it triggers me. Mm. It triggers my, my, you know, my panic attacks because it triggers my breathing. I start getting my breathing. So is there anything else that can help? So I always give them the, like the five, four, three, two, one minute. So that's your five senses. So when you're feeling a bit anxious or you feel your thoughts have gone off or you feel like, you know, you're kind of feeling a bit overwhelmed, maybe look around and see five things I can see you know, four things I can touch. So if you're in a meeting or you're in a, an uncomfortable, you can touch the chair or you can feel your material in your clothes. You can rub your fingers together to give you a calming feeling or you can do three things you can hear. So that's like I can hear someone's pen. I can hear the person talking. I can hear my bracelets, you know, jingling or again, then it's two things I can you can smell. That, that's again where you can bring it into smelling your coffee or when you're out for a walk. The five senses are just brilliant. And then there's there's one emotion you can do an emotion. I can I can feel and I'm feeling a bit anxious or you can do something like you can taste. And again, all these things bring you out of the head, the, the, the stuff that's giving you that worry and feeling and brings you into the present moment. So 
you know, I always find the five senses is a really good one for, for everyone. And I use it with my kids. It's an excellent one for the kids. And we, we use it when we're out for walks and or when the car, when they're being driving us mad in the back of the car. OK, let's do five senses. OK, you know, so it's a really, really good one all around. Or, you know, I'd often give to people um, to, to use. Yeah, I actually use that with my kids in the car as well. Um, now, they're a little bit younger than yours, mine are four and three. So how, how I do it is, OK, tell me something that you can see that's yellow or whatever. And it, it just focuses them away from whatever madness they were doing before. Yeah, it, because it just brings them back and, you know, they have to pay attention to what they're what they're looking at if they're trying to find a certain color or a certain thing or whatever. Yeah. Like and it is it's just about kind of bringing them back kind of from whatever it is that's going on, like whether yeah. they're waiting or yeah. screaming or whatever it is, like it just kind of brings the attention back to, to something else and just calms everything. And it even calms you because you're like, you want to just sing it out and you're like, okay, what can I do to make this a more better result than me shouting my head off and then going off feeling guilty after the car ride? It's a great one just to ground the family. <laughs> Absolutely. And actually, you touched there on your undergoing um, training at the moment for kids mindfulness. Um, and I suppose there's an awful lot of, of research and everything to do with like the inner child and how that a lot of the time brings on, you know, anxiety, stresses, worries, depression, even in a lot of people in older life. And I suppose, is that why it's so important to you? to I suppose get that training done and kind of maybe focusing on the kids groups as well that you know that you can help with maybe yeah some of that I genuinely think it should be a part of the curricular I and look mm -hmm. there is and even in my kids school they are great they do um weaving well-being and that but like it's it's a tick the box kind of exercise for some there's there's some teachers that'll be really into it and then there's some teachers just that aren't and that's okay and I totally get that they're doing the best they can do in a situation but I think it would be an excellent way to have this once a week for kids to learn from preschool up just to understand how their minds works. Mm. And, you know, that the thoughts are, you know, just little storms in their head that, that sometimes, they, you know, and sometimes it's OK to be angry. It's OK to be there's so much of this pushing your emotions away. Mm. And that that is something I would have done all through the years of just push my emotions away because I, as I said there, I would think myself as a really positive person and the reason I am I'm very sociable I'm everything like that but I always would have been a type type all through my years I'm bubbly I'm this I'm this I'm labeling myself mm -hmm. but really but so I wouldn't have said I was pissed you know I was pissed off over something because or something was annoying me because um then that I wouldn't look like the positive person Mm -hmm. you know the you know this labeling of, of some so then I was pushing down even small little tiny things you know for kids if you're pushing that down and teaching them to push that down by the mm -hmm. time it gets to something like they're someone's upsetting them in school they're they're, they're teaching themselves to ignore it and just push mm -hmm. it away and you know that oh, it's not that bad it's not that bad but they're crumbling inside and they're mm -hmm. pushing it up their feelings away so I think recognizing that things aren't right and your thoughts are okay and being angry is okay being sad is okay sometimes being angry is because you're sad over something but understanding that and just teaching kids to understand that is just it's it's life-saving I think you know absolutely I know that's a bit strong but it is no absolutely because you know we hear all too often of you know teenagers especially that you know they, they don't know how to to control their 
emotions and you know they might lash out in a violent way um or you know whatever it might be and a lot of it is to do with that that it's been pushed down for so long and i think there is a generational thing especially in ireland of yeah. you know like we don't deal with our feelings um it's kind of like oh god no just be quiet don't talk about that um yeah. and i think we're i think we're definitely getting better at it mm -hmm. but i think there's still work to do on you know i suppose opening up those conversations because you know culturally in other countries they're quite a bit better at, at dealing with that and talking about you know emotions and feelings and and that sort of thing but i do think there is a way to go here in ireland with it oh big time um i think you know and especially our young men and our you know there's an awful lot of still that bravado for men and stuff so i think if you're getting young boys and, and young girls from an early age to be comfortable with how they talk in the dressing room or you know whatever when they're playing sports and you know there's an awful lot of get, get them into sports they'll get rid of their aggression they get rid of their thing but like the problem that's given them the aggression is probably still there and when they give up sports then it's it's gone to the net you know it's still there that they haven't dealt with and just helping people to know that small problems and dealing with them helps you then you're training your your brain to deal with the big problems when they come and to talk about them and not push them away i just think it's such such a brilliant and valuable tool that we can learn because mm. it's definitely something I, I i would have been guilty of you know of just everything's grand yeah putting, putting a brave yeah. face on everything and and yeah. I, I do think that you know i suppose it it is something that's kind of in inbuilt in us um you know especially like as as an irish nation there is this thing of like you know chin up move on yeah <laughs> like sure it'll be grand yeah it'll be it'll be fine everything you know everything's grand and like everything could be not grand at all the like your world could be imploding and like i know it's grand i'm fine and yeah. you know that's the way a lot of people deal with it and i suppose from my own point of view that's how i i put a facade on with my own anxiety to up until a point that I couldn't anymore. And I do think that's like happening with a lot of people that, you know, oh, I'm grand, I'm grand, I'm grand. And then suddenly they're at burnout or breakdown stage. Yeah. And because they, you know, didn't put up their hand and say, I need help here. There's, they, you know, there's something seriously wrong inside, inside my head or, or with my situation or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and exactly what you, you know, and one of the things that mindfulness has changed for me is I ask for help a lot more. Mm -hmm. You know this, um, and you know yourself, and you've worked full time, and you've kids, and I was doing like so much of, but but my friend can do it, so why can't I? Yeah. Or, but but everyone else is doing it. Why can't I? Look at them. Oh my God, their 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 house is always spotless when I go in. They, you know, constantly. Shouldn't I be doing it? Oh my God, they're great. They're kidsy so much better than my kids what am i doing wrong i should be doing more i should be making sure they're eating you know this constant just compare comparison what they say comparisons a teeth teeth of joy yeah you know and looking at um everyone else and, and being hard on why 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 aren't i doing it you know it's just it's the way again again it's how we talk to ourselves and not and you know we're saying nobody knows what's going on in my life but yet i'm trying to be like these people that mightn't might be going through a good time in their life and then i don't know what's going on in their life they just might be you know it's just yeah so much looking out rather than looking in exactly and, and like dealing with what's going on inside 
And with that comparison as well, like you don't know if you're comparing apples with apples, you know, your situation could be completely different to somebody else's. If you know, like, like that, you know, their house is always clean. They have a great job They're They're managing this, that, and the other thing, but you don't know what level of support or help that they have that you may not have. You don't know what way their job is structured, that your job might not be structured. You don't yeah. know what's going on in their lives that might be not going on in your life or what's going on in your life that's not going on in their lives but I think we're so quick to compare and just kind of assume well they have all they have it all together so yeah I I should have it all together and like you said they could be much better at asking for help Mm -hmm. than I was or you were yeah they're getting help because nobody you know if you don't ask for help nobody's only you know what's going on and mm-hmm. what you need and what you and that's actually one of the things I really learned throughout the, the time is you know um share with my husband when I'm getting overwhelmed and all that because he is really supportive and all that but you know he doesn't he doesn't know what's going on in my head so sometimes you know I'm there getting annoyed with him and it's like but he's great he's really helpful but I'm not expressing to him how actually you know stressed I am out with the kids and it's hard and it's mm-hmm. being at home and oh you know it, it it's yeah. It gets to you. And then sometimes I'm like, why am I getting angry at him when he doesn't even, I haven't even told him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because like the support generally is there and you will find support from people, but you have to tell people that what sort of support that you need at a given time, because I suppose that's the thing as well. And nobody can do that for you. You have to be the one to say, I need a bit of support with X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be. You yeah. have to put, you know, you have to be the one to put up your hand and say, I, I need help with this. I need support with this um, because nobody else is going to automatically just, you know, know that, oh, well, she needs help with this now because, yeah, you know, I don't know, she looks stressed or something like. Yeah. You know. And like you said, you know, nobody go, like, you know, no one knows what's going on in that other person's house. That person could, could be stressed off their head and then putting on the facade the same as you as well. Like, yeah. and just, you know, it's just, yeah, it's such an important thing asking for help. Yeah. And like you mentioned there, asking for help is, is one of the things that you do to kind of, I suppose, help yourself to, to mind that part of you. And what are the other things that you do to look after yourself, I suppose, on a regular basis, but then also in times when you might be particularly struggling or stressed? Yeah. So my biggest my morning routine is my my, you know, I just every day I, I do that, even at the weekends, it's um, I'll get up at you know 10 to 6 most mornings and um now my kids have got a bit bigger so they don't get up as early but I like to have an hour to myself in the morning it's like easing me into my day and that was something I never would have done and never I'd be like no the extra hour in bed's more important do you mad but no it's actually changed it's been a game changer for me because I, I go into my day, day gently I don't go into my day come on guys get up me putting on my clothes and you know running around come on guys get up stress 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 so then they're stress 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 so um I get up I so the first thing I do is I sit up in the bed and meditate so I go I do a meditation you know mostly guided meditation and then that could be anything up to 20 minutes then I will journal so I practice gratitude so I'll start my day with three things I'm grateful for a positive affirmation um the you know maybe sometimes just write my day to get my head get it out of my head so that it's not clogged up what have I got to do today it could be even down to drop the kids from nine get nine to ten get you know or drop the kids go to the gym 
go to, um, you know, what do I do? Next? Go sit down and do a bit of work for a couple of hours, collect the kids, prep them, just to get it sometimes in my head or other if I have appointments, get it, get it down and get it out of my head. Um, have my coffee in peace. That's just, that's just sit in the couch after, you know, sit in the couch, go down, maybe have the, my dog beside me and cuddle up beside me and sit there, just drink my coffee before they get up. And then I'm in, I'm better for them, you know, um, and myself. So if that doesn't happen, sometimes I, I definitely can see a shift in the day. Um, so I'll always try then to get meditate, a meditation done. Even I might go to bed and do my meditation to sleep, like a yoga nidra or something like that. But I always try to meditate every day. And then I bring mindfulness into every day. Like I spoke about earlier, the five senses, I try and bring them in and, you know, and bring them into everything. One of my, I always try to, I try to exercise three to four times a week. That's because I would be one of these people that get quite ragey. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, exercise is important for me to release any pent up masculine energy. I kind mm -hmm. of, I'd be quite, you know, so I use that. I make sure I'm like other things, like always kind of just make sure I'm drinking enough water. Um, the, like there's a lot, I've always kind of these questions of why do I feel that I'm starting to get a bit, you know, anxious or I'm a bit off or the shoulders are starting to go up more I'm grinding my teeth I'll often sit back what am I missing from my regular routines that's and I could often be I haven't been to the gym this week mm -hmm. you know because life got in the way I haven't um I didn't get up at six and you know I've, I rushed my kind of meditation and I rushed my you know the, so I just kind of always try to look at when I'm starting to feel the the just the stress levels or you know have I like that am I doing an awful lot at home and I'm not realizing it do I, do I need my husband to do I need to go off for the day or do I need to go out for a walk in nature do you know just making sure that I I've I'm looking at all the my kind of levels of self-care um have I not seen my friends in a while do I need to go you know am I socially am I having fun am I there's so much to self-care that's not you know but as I said my my my, my regular things would be meditate my morning routines that's that's really strict and my exercise but then I suppose going to when I feel you know even before coming on this podcast or if I ever do a live on Instagram you know you just feel the overwhelming I'd go back to the breath take a few mm -hmm. conscious I do a few short meditations of breath um that's something I suppose everyone you know anyone that's probably in the mindfulness is the breath is the most important thing because it brings you to the present moment, it relaxes you, it calms your, you know, activates your part or calms the, the body, uh, your brain, it sends signals to your amnigala, which is a fear center of your brain to say you're safe, you're okay, and just, just calming. Um, that'd be when I just feel, even sometimes I use the, the breath when I've hurt myself, I straight away go, you know, like, so, so for physical pain, I'll use the breath, you know, or emotional, you know, or when I'm stressed. So it, like the breath is just brilliant and it's one of the best things to calm us down. But, and, and again, the five senses, I use that as well. Absolutely. You touched on it there, actually, the, the breath for physical pain as well. Um, I have spoken on the podcast about this. Um, I have hip dysplasia and my hip actually pops out every so often um so i saw you wincing there um but it, like like that it is this kind of sharp real shock of pain and like it can it can be very 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 painful sometimes but i always find myself i'll stop and i'll take a couple of breaths 
just to kind of, I suppose, calm myself because it is like, it can be a shock to the system, but it does help to just kind of, okay, am I okay? You know, that there isn't a panic of, oh God, the, the hips after popping out, Italy, you know, and kind of go into a spiral because with mine, it generally pops back in because it's just the way it, it, it is. Yeah. Um, but I do find the breath actually helps and it's amazing that it would help with physical pain you know yeah you actually think that it would have such a positive effect yeah and and it's you know it's funny I used to you know when you'd see people when you're going into the labor and they say just breathe just breathe I get it now I, you know I got more into to probably I, I did gentle burden on my second child and everything like that so that's when I started kind of getting a relationship with meditation and stuff but it was like Oh, now I get why they tell you because you're thinking like fucking breed, and I'm in agony. <laughs> <laughs> but it's taking your mind into off the pain and the focus of intense. Because you're, if you're, you, you know yourself, if you're focusing so much in that intensity, it's just it, it's it's gonna soak up so much of your energy and then leave you so. Especially when something like that happens, that you're oh, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> the pain. Like it's like you're dislocating your shoulder every and you know with your yeah. with your leg with your hip like and but it is it's again the, the breath is so powerful like sure without it we wouldn't be here well exactly exactly and i think that is a like there can be a preconceived notion of like sure i'm breathing all the time and i know kelly talked about this on the on episode 12 of you know like you know some people can think like sure i'm always breathing what do you mean breathe but it's it's taking like that i suppose intentional breath yeah a conscious fully yeah. conscious of it yeah and like and the power of that actually when when you actually do it and it's something that is relatively recent to me actually you know in the last couple of months in particular I've been kind of exploring it a bit more um I would have done a little bit of of that breath work um when I was in counseling and various different um things for my own anxiety but when you actually discover the power of it it's it's I don't know it's mind-blowing for me anyway <laughs> Yeah, and just the, how it can really calm you in, in, in situations. And um, like you said, when you're in serious pain, mm. how it can just take you, calm you and get you kind of focused on what's going on. Um, yeah, it's I, got, I can't talk enough about the breath. And I, I think yeah, I was listening to Kelly as well. And it is all about just being conscious about it, like feeling it going into your nostrils, feeling it go down into your belly you know, you naturally just breathe. And sometimes we're shallow breathing an awful lot, you know, mm. like we don't realize it because we're, because we're under things. So we're not actually fully taking good, deep, conscious breaths into our belly and letting go then all that stress when we blow it out. You know, like you said, when people kind of think, oh, I'm breathing, sure I'm breathing all the time, it's grand, but it's like, <sighs> letting it all out. <laughs> you know? That yeah. can be just doing that three times after like a stressful meeting or you, you've just dropped the kids and it's been a mad morning turn off the radio you know you know people say i don't have time because i'm busy i'm treating you have to, when you've maybe dropped them to the childminder or you're going home for work take that as your your quiet time your meditation mm. time turn off the radio for five ten minutes breathe look around you know now obviously don't look around but <laughs> around yeah. you and uh, when you're driving but feel the steering wheel be be you know feel the pedals be present to what you're driving you know because when we drive it's so automatic once we're used to it but remember when you started driving first oh you know you were so present but now everything you know after a while everything becomes an automatic just like our thoughts and the way we think but 
there's so many little nuggets in the day that you can take just if you can't sit down and meditate or you can't get up early because you're really, really small kids um, that are waking you at four or five in the morning and you need that extra hour. But you can just grab those little moments in the car that maybe you've dropped into the child or, or your, you know, your, your, your partner, you know, or they're, they're down for their nap. Just grabbing those four or five minutes of just being present in what you're doing can just help. They're all little things that can help in the moments to, to help not get to the, that level of stress that you and I and, you know, people have got to like the burnout. Just adding those little nuggets into your day, they can. And this is what I speak about a lot in my courses of teaching people how, you know, it doesn't all have to be the meditation. It can be these little tiny little things you can do throughout the day that can help you, um, you know, you're, you know, when you, you're about to just, if you're taking breaths, like when you're in pain or you're taking breaths, when you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed, you're teaching yourself then when you're about to just be reactive and shout, you go, you, you take a deep breath and then you kind of, you go, oh, maybe I'll just breathe now, you know, and it's mm. teaching your, all these tiny little things can teach you then to deal with stressful and anxious moments. So that all, even though I teach meditation and, and you know, doing meditations in it, then these small little things are so important to as, as much as important as those those 10 20 minutes you might do meditating and sometimes even starting off with them can lead to then oh maybe i'm, I'm ready now to my mind's clear i can sit down and do maybe five minutes of meditation or sit at season meditation but um yeah so that's the breath again going yeah. into it how important it is and how it can stop us being reactive you know be responsive rather than reactive yeah and like with that like the breath obviously it doesn't take the pain away it doesn't take your anxiety away it's not going to disappear but it just like you said it just calms your mind enough that you can then move forward and deal with whatever it is that's going on in a more present way and not and not as reactive that you know it's not this kind of spiral of I don't know rage or yeah you know worry or panic or whatever it is that you can kind of be a bit more present and mindful and just kind of you know come back to the moment and then move forward yeah what do i need to to make this situation better you know do yeah. you know like when you're hit do, do i need to sit it better do i need to be you know do i need to get it i don't know what you have to do to kind yeah. of relieve it but just to get you into headspace of what do i need to do now to make this be a bit easier on me mm -hmm. exactly and i think that's actually a lovely note to finish off on um, just to, I suppose, highlight the importance of just taking those little moments during the day to allow yourself to be present, to get back into the present moment and you can move forward from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you so much, Louise, for joining me on the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thanks, Millions, Sandra. I've loved it. Thanks again for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at mindyourmindpod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.